Do you know? No, Thursday squeeze. Friday midnight. Okay, cool. All right, right. We good? We good? We good? We good? We good? It sounds like we're good. Hold on. Let me try one more time. Yep, we're good. This is episode 14. Damn, 14 already. They haven't canceled me yet. <laughs> episode 14 of that One Bottles podcast. My next guest is super dope. You can catch him at Squeezebox on Thursdays, Midnight on Fridays, Squeeze on Saturdays, and Back to Midnight on Sundays. You can catch him wearing a trucker hat. Or you can see him with his blonde sticker on his laptop. My next guest is Mr. Alex Soul. How are you, bro? How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me here. I'm super excited. Um, been listening to you for a couple couple episodes, not all of them, but um, you know I've seen you around nightlife, and it's uh, you know, I was like, man, let me jump on this dude's podcast. So here I am, and I'm excited. Hell yeah, dude! You mm-hmm. you DM me. You're like, let's talk about the West Side. I was just like, for any opportunity <laughs> that you get to talk about the West Side, I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah let's yeah. let's do it. Um, so where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up on, off of Old Highway 90. It's not Old Highway 90 now. It's like Cletho Rodriguez. Oh, that's right. It's, it is, uh, I went to Stafford Elementary, um, right off Old Highway 90. Um, if any Westside kid knows, it's right across the street from Quayle Park. Oh, Quayle. Yeah, I used to play ball, baseball. Um, I didn't play football there. I played at Rosedale Park, but mm-hmm. I was always at Quayle. And then went to Wren Middle School. Uh, shout out the Hornets. Um, that's where I started playing football actually too, and. Graduated from Memorial, um, and so... Oh, you graduated from Memorial? What yeah, year? Uh, 2010. 2010? And I got my football helmet right there, too. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, so. The Minutemen. Yeah. Damn. Who did I know that went there? 2010. Damn, I knew some people that hooped there. Because I remember we played, y'all. Because I went to Burbank my freshman year. Uh, Ja'Cory Reed was like a regular player. Because the West, the West Side Ballers, the AU team. Yeah, the AU team. Steven Aguian, he was like really tall. Um... Kevin Reyes. Who's that one guy? Um, who was really good? Who was black dude? Who was like probably Jacoy or JJ. JJ, JJ. That's what it was. I remember that guy. Um, I went to middle school with JJ too. No, I've known JJ since. Uh, like we always lived in the same neighborhood. So yeah. Right across from Ren. So, a lot of us uh grew up um grew up together, and a lot of us kind of we don't really talk as much, which is yeah. you know it's understandable. Yeah, normal people have it's normal, but yeah, man, I'm a West Side kid, and I didn't move. I didn't move out there till out of the West Side till maybe my junior year mm-hmm. to like the edison area okay which is uh fresno and blanco damn but um i was still going to memorial because they told me i couldn't play like varsity like football i had to sit out a year which would have been my junior year oh, so man. i was like i'll just end up um driving the with 20 minutes to memorial to go to school and finish yeah. off there and so um what position did you play uh running back uh current return and special teams pretty yeah, much yeah, tailback yeah i was uh it was cool. I liked it. Of course, we weren't as good as like I wish we were, but <laughs> I was always like scoring touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It was cool, man. Um, mm-hmm. What were your school plans after high school? Because you said you went to college for a bit. Yeah, I went to college for a bit. I was going to be an accountant. Um, then I met uh, I met my other friend Jake, who does like custom shoes. Yeah. So then, um, so I would go and help him, and I realized um, I wanted to like. I wanted my own business or do something where I was on my own terms, seeing that he was, he quit his job to mm-hmm. do something like that. And so it wasn't until um, maybe like three years ago till I found that, you know, DJing, you know, I felt it pretty much fell in my lap and just went, ran with it. And so now I'm, I would say I'm a full-time DJ right now. Yeah. You know, DJing four nights a week, it's, it's, uh, it's tough and you know, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's, it's well worth it. So mm-hmm. when you, um. What was your first major gig that you that you feel like? You oh, was? dude, uh, 
Shout out Isaac Texas, dude. Um, he used to run um, High Tones on Friday, also with Lasercat too. But I wasn't, uh, I didn't talk to Lasercat as much. I was, I always knew of Isaac through like MySpace and. Oh uh, shit, yeah. we're going back to MySpace. Yeah, dude. Uh, Isaac Texas was the one who put me and uh, my uh, Adolf. Um, Adolf used to do this thing at Brick called BYOV, mm-hmm. and I was a big vinyl collector, so I would just show up randomly with like ten records and not not knowing how to like work a turntable mm-hmm. um as much or how to fade out or any all that i was just i just knew how to play records and so i would show up to that and then um isaac had invited adolf and me to come spin on um, something called the patio yeah they, they were doing that every once a month on fridays and that's where i you know met our other good friend dom who does visuals too in town but um that's how we, we all kind of met too and um i was you know we wouldn't get paid as much but I would spend all my money on records to play, you know, for the following uh, following month or play what I already had. And so um, I would kind of say that was my first unofficial, like, thing. And then Squeeze had, was only open maybe a couple months, and they offered Adolf, which was the, the dude I used to spend records with at mm-hmm. High Tones. Um, they offered him that Thursday, and Adolf told me to come and play every Thursday. And me not knowing how to DJ, me, you know, um, I kind of... Uh, I would look up like uh, how to mix like vinyl records and you know how to um, master. I ne- I still never like mastered it right now, but I would say I learned playing uh, mixing on Thursdays and learning how to kind of DJ. And then I would say from there it just kind of took off and I realized like you know this is this is really fun and it's something I enjoy. So it's why not make a business out of it? Oh nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, or when did you figure out like? your identity as a DJ or is that something that's still in the process? Mm, I kind of have identity now. Um, it depends really on my nights. Um, yeah. You know, it's some nights because um, I go by Alex So, which <laughs> is at first it wasn't even spelled S-O-U-L. It was S-O-L-E because I was like my like shoe tag. Oh, name. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So because I used to, I was real heavy in sneakers. And so DJing was kind of easy to get a crowd because the only people who would come see me was all my sneakerhead friends. Mm-hmm. And so... When I first started, I was like, well, damn, I don't know what to play to keep them entertained. So I just played a bunch of, like, Pharrell, Pusha T, stuff I listened to. Yeah. And it was cool for a minute, but then I realized, like, um, you got to read crowds. And if you really want, like, you can't be playing stuff for dudes. So it's it's more appealing when you play for females. And, you know, you keep a balance, too, throughout the night. Uh, but, yeah, my identity on um, any given night is Alex So. And then Lil Trucker had came from my friend Ryan uh-huh. uh, Vito Crispy. Uh, he worked at Vaulty. He was one of like one of the first like Vaulty members. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Long Dreads. He's the one who kind of gave me that or put that name in my head because he was like always seeing me in trucker hats. And, <laughs> um, I mean, it just it just kind of fits. So I would say a little trucker hats more. Uh, the alias for him, he plays a lot of like raging music. Uh, so just kind of distinguish between the two. Alex O is more like calm and um, he'll play you know somehow some edits R and B and little trucker hats the. The ones you would see at like bottom bracket on a Saturday if I did DJ there, if it was still open. Or dude, know. I never got a chance to go there. I went there one time. I went to bottom bracket. I had ran into my cousin. I had seen him in years, and he got me into poetry. Uh, well, he didn't get me into poetry. I got into poetry by myself, but he introduced me to open mics. He went to an open mic at Barrio Barista right here on Culebra. Yeah, that's right by my high school. Yeah, right down the street. Mm-hmm. And then we we had went. And he's like, hey, you want to come to Bottom Bracket with me? I'm like, sure. I was 20. I wasn't even old enough to get in. And I guess he knew somebody. And the dude was like, because I don't drink. So he's like, my cousin doesn't drink. So he just marked the fuck out of me. And then like the dude, one of the dudes was like, 
you know, if you really do want to drink, just wash it off in the restroom or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So I was there, but it was like, it was like a Wednesday. So I guess I went on a night where I wasn't popping. And I remember someone had announced that it was its last night. And I was going to go, but I was, I had just got into like the going out scene. This was four years after I had went the first time. So it was like, what was the last time? 2018, right? 2018, sometime. I remember it was a Sunday. And yeah, it was a Sunday. And uh, I, I was drove. supposed to play outside, I think. And then John Michael was like, hey, you're going to play inside. Because um, Edward couldn't make it that night. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just me and Famous playing inside. And it was it was pretty cool. John, I think John Michael was outside. And I mean, it was it was a fun night. I think we even played to like 3. 3 a.m. Holy Sunday, shit. <laughs> yeah, there's there people like on top of the uh, on top of the building too. I saw him. Like I didn't go outside that much. But yeah. you know, I saw him like after the night John Michael had videos of people just like chilling outside. Man. Holy shit. Now, I remember I was going to go. Um, but dude, I was scared. I was like, I don't even know anybody here. Like I yeah. kind of knew of John Michael because John Michael had followed me on Twitter earlier that year because I wrote a story on Albert Gonzalez. If you don't know who he is, Trebla Arts on Instagram. Yeah. And... He had followed me, and I, I went to squeeze at maybe once or twice, and then I had saw that on Instagram or Twitter. It's the last night for bottom bracket. I was like, oh, let me go. I'll meet some cool people. And I, was, I got I, I got scared. I was like, I'm not going to know anybody there. I was like, nah, I'm not going to go. So I didn't. I ended up not going. I, I was literally going to park across the street, because I, I don't know if you know yeah. that, that parking right there. So I went, and I saw people there. I was like, man, I don't even know those people. So I just left. <laughs> oh, so you, you actually passed by. Yeah, I passed yeah. by. Like I was I was going to go and everything. I was like, you know what? I got some free time tonight. And yeah. then I was like, nah, never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to go. The the cool thing about Bottom Bracket is it's a foundation for a lot of like the friendships I have now. Yeah. Um, a lot of like people that come see me were people I met at Bottom Bracket. Um, and of course, they all kind of like scattered once Bottom Bracket closed, you know, squeeze, high tones. Yeah. But it seems like they're all, they all gathered back. Um, at Midnight Swim, which is, you know, the coolest thing to see, you know, people still staying loyal, you know, and it's, it's, it's really awesome to see how, how you, someone could, you know what I mean, a group of people could move yeah, you know, the whole city, if not, you know, or a certain part of the city, so. I remember John Michael was telling me about Midnight, like, earlier in the year, this year. He told me, like, there's gonna be something really cool, I can't tell you about it, but it's gonna be dope, just, yeah. he's like, it's gonna be our own spot, and I was like, okay. And then he was going to mention it on the podcast, but it was like a week before. I should have waited to do John Michael's episode because it was literally like maybe five days after the episode went out. Um, midnight opened and I was like, damn, we could have just like waited. Like, it wasn't, I think it was the same week when you, it was a Tuesday, I think when you put it right. Or I think, I don't remember what day it was. I just know it was in August for sure. Or August or early September when that episode went out. And then midnight opens. I didn't go to the opening night because I had to be at the office of the Express News. But the following day, I had went, bro, like, I knew it was going to be, like, like, like super dope and, like, crazy, but I didn't think it was going to be that crazy. Yeah, I was like, nervous, because uh, I opened that night, uh-huh. and he told me, like, hey, you're opening the first night, and, damn, like, it's it's a lot of pressure, one, because you want people to uh, be impressed on the first night, you know, yeah. you want you want to leave them, you want them to leave with a good taste in their mouth, and... Um, so I remember that whole week I was just like prepping like, oh, do I, should I play this? Should I play this? And yeah, you know what? So I finally like, I literally played everything that night to see what worked and what didn't work and what kind of crowd, um, you know, cause as a DJ, you still want to appeal to the crowd, but then you don't want to play too much commercial, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was just, I remember John Michael told me and I was like, dude, like, um, uh, I didn't tell him personally though, but he knew I was nervous and you know, it, it, it ended up working like really well for me and. 
you know i think once you once you're actually playing it's it's a whole lot easier you know like djing is not that hard it's it's the prep that goes into it is yeah. what makes it hard um you have any pet peeves as a dj uh i don't like requests too much unless they're coming from my friends yeah so, you know um Lonnie Walker came in with a request, and it's like you cannot say no to Lonnie Walker. I That's think he true. was he was there like last month, and oh, he was there. With, wasn't he there with Bryn? He was there with yeah, he was there with Bryn Forbes. Uh, Bryn, when I used to DJ at Squeeze on Fridays, he used to always come in. Um, sometimes after the game, he would yeah. come with my friend Jordan because Jordan he works for the Spurs, and so he'll tell. Oh me yeah, yeah, Jordan. He played uh, basketball uh, in Michigan, or wasn't it Jordan Harrison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know Jordan. Uh, when I used to cover the Spurs for Spectrum News. Um, I'd always deal with him. Like he would get my credential for me, so um, we would always chop it up. And he always had different kicks on. So. Yeah, he's 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 a cool dude, and I'll I'll get back to how I met him yeah, in a minute. Sure. But um, yeah. So Jordan, he would text me and or he's like, hey, where are you at tonight? And I'll tell him, yo, squeeze. Like, just tell the door guy, you and Brand are okay or stuff. So, like before they go, I kind of already know if they're gonna come come that night. Um, I didn't know he was gonna come that night though at midnight swim. So it was just whatever. Um, yeah. He probably was texting me, and you don't get signal in there, so I probably yeah. Him, so. Um, Lonnie came up to me and he wanted uh, he wanted a request and I won't tell anyone what he requested though but uh, you know maybe, should I? Uh, that's on you, bro. <laughs> if you want, that's on you. Uh, he wanted uh, neat like Q money, which is like cool, but I think I'd already played it that night, so I was neat like, by uh, Q money. Yeah. And then so I told him uh, I told him no, I already played it, and um, so he was asking for someone else, and I couldn't. It was so loud I couldn't hear the second thing he asked me. So he was like whispering in my ear, and I still couldn't hear it. And I was like, nah, man, I don't think I have that one. And um, and keep in mind, at the same time, you're mixing. And so yeah. when someone's talking to you, it kind of throws off, like, what you, you know, you kind of already have this formula built or yeah. a direction you want to go. And then he wanted to hear uh, Young uh, young M.A., ooh, mm-hmm. which is cool. And so I ended up, like, dropping it for him. And it was it was cool to see him, you know. And I hope he had fun that night. Um, yeah. It looked like he did. And so I haven't seen him since. So I don't know if that's a good, good thing or bad thing, but. You know, I hope to I hope to see him him pretty soon. Yeah, um, Bryn's always on the strip, man. Dude, Bryn Bryn loves the strip, man. I don't I I don't think I've ever seen him or in pictures. I haven't seen him anywhere else outside. Yeah, like I, I I would see him at different spots. I was like, what the hell? Like this Bryn Forbes, and it'd be nights where I'm not there. I mean, whether he's there or not, I'm still gonna have fun. But I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's cool like, that they could go and and it's so casual too, and seeing someone in like a casual atmosphere. Yeah. Um, makes it makes it a lot more i guess it makes it a lot more easy for them because they don't feel like as exclusive which i mean everyone knows they are but no one's like showering them with pictures or, yeah I, I would hope they don't because yeah that's not the kind of atmosphere i would i would want to go to if yeah I was, like, it's like player. they them like ourselves you know like let's say they came out of a game is like they just got out of work mm-hmm. and you just got out of work like you know a stranger pull up on you recording you i mean just imagine that as a just as a normal like like you know, let's say, you know, you got out of HB or something and you, know, you come and then some random dude is just like recording you like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm just trying to like have just, a good time. Just like, got out of work. You, and they're in cameras all yeah, for all four the... hours or technically since from when they walk in. Yeah, because they have the photographers when they walk in the hallway. In, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I could see where they would get annoyed and um, you have to realize like they're human too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like Drake, you know, that dude, that dude's human too and they're booing him. So, um little peak piece of me kind of felt for him but me uh i could i could uh i could understand both sides why yeah he got booed you know it's 
I think if it was someone other than Drake, I don't think they would have booed him. Honestly. Really? Yeah, I think if it was a, uh, if it was like Solange or some female artist, I think they wouldn't have booed. Or you know, someone within that category. Um, you know, even they should have just did a, like an odd future, like a, a reunion. That would have been pretty oh, cool. Oh man, dude, um, I would. I want to see Earl so badly. Yeah, I saw him in at emos last month with uh, Phoebe's and who? Who's I go with? I can't remember. Oh, I went with Ryan too. Vito Crispy. Uh huh. Going to Dreads. Uh, I went a couple people. It was cool. I like you know I've been following Earl for a minute. Um, his music's so cool, and he's not. A, what's cool about him is he's not a performer at all. Really? So the whole time, like live, he's just like he's so mellow and like. But it's still it's still a different type of vibe, and you know it's not it's not anything you could play in the club, but it's something that to see him live is like it's pretty cool. What do you like in an artist as far as like? Because you're just talking about Earl performs like that way, um, or does it p- depend on the artist? Like what type of a performance they put on? Um, I've always like because I've been going to shows for a minute, man. Um, I realize there aren't a lot of artists who could do both, who make good music and also perform well, mm-hmm. or it's vice versa. Their music isn't really that appealing, but they're really good performers. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the people who become successful are the ones who know how to do both. You know? Yeah. Um, like for example, who's who's one artist that the music's not really that good, but he's a good performer. Um, yeah. Waka Flocka, for example. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of ignorant music. You yeah. You know, which is which is cool, but like you see him perform live, and it's like, damn, like I'm really having a good time, like, you know. Um, <laughs> he's with the the sign language interpreter. He thinks they're throwing up gang signs. <laughs> Someone who's like not really a good performer and who makes like good music is Pusha T. I've seen Pusha T like twice live, and it's kind of like mellow. Really? Yeah, it's like wow. it's real mellow. You know, it's not as it's not as exciting. You know, it's just someone rapping. You know, and not a lot of people are. You know, it's just a different vibe. Have you ever seen Wu Tang? Uh, no, but I've seen like different uh, like members. I never seen Wu Tang all together. But okay. I seen, I seen Ghostface, uh, Rayquan during South by. How were they? Um, it was cool because they it wasn't a show off dedicated to uh to them. It was um like who it was Ghostface and he was doing he had a little segment, um and then right after him Anderson Pack. Oh, I love Anderson you know, Pack, man. And that's that's one of the first times I think I've seen him live too. Anderson Pack was. This was like 2016. Wow, that's when I barely started listening to it. I think I think this was 2016. That's and, when Malibu came out. Uh, yeah, they were at the Empire in Austin, and uh, I caught them. Who else was there that night? Uh, Mad Lib and someone else were supposed to go, and um, they had ended up canceling. And I think the whole Dipset came through because they were just in the area. Wow. So I was like, yo, I'll take. I mean, as much as I love Mad Lib and him as a producer, I would like. I'm well, glad. That's our childhood right there, dude. Yeah, Dipset, Cameron. Um, Jim Jones, they were all there, dude, and it was it was pretty cool. And I was front row. Oh, it was Freddie Gibbs, and then it was Dipset. It was cool. And wow. Me, um, I loved Freddie Gibbs because Mad Lib uh, produced that Pinata. Cocaine Pinata. Pinata. Yeah, oh dude. my gosh, that was that's probably my favorite Freddie. When Gibbs was Pinata? Twenty fourteen. Uh, twenty fifteen, I think. Let me see. I remember I was um, I was at SAC at the time when that came out. That was a dope ass album. I remember the, from from start to finish too. Um, yeah, 20, that's when I, yeah, twenty fourteen. Yeah, because that's when I first became a Freddie Gibbs fan. Man, he's he's put out. I I don't think Freddie Gibbs has put out a bad project. No, he hasn't. Like um, I, I I can't recall anything that I didn't enjoy from him. Did you like the the last one? Mm-hmm. I love the most deaf um, feature. 
Love that he had um, Black Thought. Black, Black, Black Thought's one of my favorite rappers. Dude, uh, last Thursday, was it last Thursday? The Roots, or some of the Roots were playing in a room next to me in Austin. And what? I didn't know, dude. Um, so my friend Joaquin, he's from Austin, and uh-huh. he does this thing called Fort. He just started, the, um, I think it's only like a month. Um, yeah. residency he's been doing so he invited me up last thursday and for some reason jimmy fallon was oh yeah he was at ut he was at ut and so we were we were playing at this place called native hostel uh-huh. and i had got someone to cover my squeeze box a night on thursdays um or just that night yeah and so we were playing next door <clears> and we found out like yo like what's going on next door and oh jimmy fallon and uh quest loves doing a dj set and for all the like jimmy fallon people were over there and um, i heard black thought uh was over there too and i was like this was after oh like I gosh. was already playing. I was like, man, I would have just like peeped over there and walked and yeah, and just to see like Questlove DJ. Like I've never like, did you know he DJed? I didn't know he. DJed. Yeah, I I actually just found out when was it? I was on uh, I was listening to Talib Kweli's podcast with I forgot who it was. It was with somebody and they were talking about how um, they enjoy Questlove's DJ set. Mm-hmm. I was like, Questlove's a DJ? Like what the fuck? I was freaking out. I was like, I thought he was just a drummer. And, yeah, he's you know. gonna pull up and just hit the drums for you the whole night. Like, yeah. So I looked up one of his sets. It was actually really. He was playing some dope ass music. Like it's music that you wouldn't think would go well in a in a crowd, but he's just quest love. So yeah. he's he's brilliant at uh, mixing it. Um, <clears throat> but it's funny that you mentioned the roots because I fucking love the roots. Like. I became a fan. I actually became a fan of theirs in 2010 because um, that was the year that my mom died, and then they released um, "Wake Up" with John Legend, mm-hmm. which I think is like one of the best albums of the decade. Like they did a lot of covers from songs from back in the day, but they had like little twists to them because yeah. um, there's hip hop incorporated into it. So there's a song called "Little Ghetto Boy" and uh, Black Dot's like rapping on it. I was like, holy shit! Like these guys are amazing. Black Dot. Black Dot's crazy. Um, <laughs> I wrote a story. I wrote a story. I still haven't published it yet. Um, but I tweeted Black Thought back in 2017, <clears throat> and I told them that story about how like their album basically saved my life, like literally. And I hate it when people say that, but like, it, when I don't hate it when people say that, but some people like exaggerate when they it's, say that. It's I think when they say it, it's more of like a connection <laughs> they have with the album. Yeah. Or like they released it at a time where you were going through something, you know. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's to a certain extent, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think when people use that. Um, when they use that term and it's yeah it, i could understand where they come from you know it's yeah it's definitely fair um so i tweeted him and we were going uh we we're tweeting back and forth and he's like he's like hey thanks man he's like i usually don't mean it when i say that but uh then i tweeted him a year later i was like hey i wrote this this story basically about wake up i'd save my life and he's like send it to me when you're done and I'll, i still haven't sent it to him and this is before like the freestyle like that because everyone started to know about black thought after his freestyle that's crazy i uh I knew about him in high school, man, because back in high school, um, biggest artist I was always listening to, even now, uh, Kanye West, Pharrell, mm-hmm. Nas, I was a big Nas fan, uh, Farside. Oh, yes. Um, Kanye was, put me onto them. Yeah. Yeah. Even to live, most dev too. Um, uh, that Reflection Eternal album was really good too. But uh, The Roots, I want to say I wasn't like heavily in The Roots, but I knew of them just because like Questlove and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Illadelf, I can never say Illadelf Half Life. I think one one of the first albums they did. So I was I was always listening to that one too. But um, anything I wasn't I didn't really like. I wouldn't say I'm a diehard Roots fan, but yeah, um, it's like if you listen to if you're in that genre, you know you heard a couple of their tracks or some of their albums. But you know, yeah, it's like if you like a certain artist, you're gonna like this artist, and then you're gonna yeah, like this yeah. artist. 
What's your favorite Nas album? Uh, Illmatic. Illmatic's probably my favorite one. Just because it's... It was... Uh, when he came out? 94? I think. Uh, and so I didn't hear... I didn't hear Illmatic till Probably... 8th grade year. Mm-hmm. Or my freshman year. So I was a freshman in 06. Uh, so like 05 I think is when I like... You know, started... Okay. Started like reaching into different... Um, and different... Uh, I guess... Uh, genres or not genres but just different uh, artists and such yeah. and so uh illmatic i heard illmatic and uh i mean it's it was cool because i was into sneakers and it just kind of fit like um i was watching that mixtape like it was just the whole um what went on in that era <laughs> oh baby yeah. oh baby it was yeah seeing oh, dj's man. cut and you know them playing hip-hop and then there was like uh i don't know if you know sneaks up san antonio sneaks up um mm, no it, it's been going on for 10 years yeah uh, i think I didn't start hopping on the show. Basically, uh, I'll rewind it. Uh, it was a sneaker show and started off uh, in, I think, 06. 06. Yeah. And, Damn. Um, I didn't start going to, I think, the <coughs> second one. So, like, 07. And mm-hmm. they would have DJs, too. I think a uh, local DJ, Donnie D, would be cutting. Uh, my other friend who DJs in Miami, Cam. And, actually, he's the one who kind of, like, I was like, yo, like, that's, you know, I would I would want to DJ because of him. So, he was kind of, like, one of the ones who got me into DJing. Yeah. Not, like, he didn't show me, but it was just seeing him, like, cutting it was pretty cool um but now i would go to these events these sneaks of events and it was just like all hip-hop like you know the whole you know for six hours and like, yo this, this is tight and then that's not when i heard elmatic but i was always hearing it and so um well that intro to new york state of mind man rappers i'll be moving people what the fuck you really might be kicking musician oh my gosh it's competition yeah i have that on cd dude yeah. oh my gosh i got it oh i actually got it signed too uh what? Uh, yeah, I got it. He signed it on stage last year. Where did you see him? Here. He was at the Tobin Center. Oh my gosh. That's and incredible, so, dude. Um, I sent it a frame. There's there's a couple artists who had albums I got signed that shows to where I want to um, frame them. Yeah. So, Damn, dude. Just this image is like history, man. Like, it's literally like, oh my gosh. This is, that's dope, dude. I have the chorus in the back. <laughs> um... Uh, how did you have like? How did you get access to music? I know for myself, it was just strictly the radio because I didn't have like internet or uh-huh. I didn't have like I, I didn't buy music like that. CDs, honestly, um, uh-huh. I didn't. I come from like a poor, uh, unwealthy family, and so um, the only thing you could do is I guess listen to the radio. I think once I got my first job, yeah. I started buying like uh, CDs, records. Um, what was your first job? Damn, what was my first job? My first unofficial job, I was cutting lawns when I was like, I was always like working mm-hmm. or I would go to work with my dad laying floors. So nice. I always kind of like, since at a young age, I always had money or my own money or yeah. like, I always, uh, I was always taught like, you know, you need to pretty much, I was always hustling since I was young um, or trying to find ways to make money. Uh, but my first like official, like on paper job was Six Flags mm. and uh, it was, it sucked, dude. Honestly, it was. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone's first job is going to be the best job, but... Um, Mine was a Whataburger. You, which one did you work at? Uh, the one on Redmond in 35. Oh, <clears throat> you got all the drunk, or what was that? Was that <clears throat> That's all the truckers, dude. Yeah. All the truckers, like everyone from HEB, everyone from, um, I think, Cisco. Mm-hmm. They would go there, and it's like, all these dudes would pull up, and they'd be in, like, coats. It could be, like, 100-degree weather, but they're just always in freezers. So they just have their their coats on and stuff. Yeah, and they're probably all the warehouses are out there yeah. too. Yeah, it's like literally right there. I was like, dang. What were your hours like when you were uh, working there? I worked there back in 
2012, because I remember I got hired the day the Spurs, um, because they played the Jazz in the 2012 playoffs. It was the first round. And um, I remember, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but I interviewed him in his first jersey. <laughs> and I got hired, and I got hired at a pretty high rate. Yeah. Like higher than way higher than minimum wage, and I guess I impressed the dude. But yeah, he came in, in the Spurs jersey, like higher. He's like, I fucks with the Spurs, but it was funny. It was a bunch of seventeen-year-old kids, and we just bullshitted. Like Mercy had just came out, yeah. And I think I said it. I don't know. I think it was on my last podcast. Uh, we would have the headsets, and we would sing Mercy. We'd be like, Wow, if it's my way, it in my morning. And our manager, she was old. She's like, Quit talking on the headsets. Yeah, uh, dude, that was a fun time. Dude, we were just kids. Just good, like we get like thirty hours, and we were like, "Oh shit, we just made bank, dog." Yeah, no, same, dude. Like I was, I was getting paid. Damn, I can't remember. I was like nine, maybe eight something, and I was bringing <clears> home like two hundred fifty dollars a week, and I was like, "Dog, I'm balling." So, um, <laughs> I was a junior in high school, I think. Yeah, I was a junior in high school. I saved my money up, and then my I, I didn't save too much, but my mom helped me get a. I don't know. Actually, my grandmother helped me get a Lancer. So I was driving like nice. I was driving my mid junior year. So. I was always, like, going to high school parties, and, you know, I was kind of, I was pretty active, like, my junior and senior year. Yeah. And um, I had a Mitsubishi Lancer, man. I took, like, loaded up all my friends who didn't drive, and, you know, we were, like, we would skip school sometimes, and just, like, or not so much skip school, but we would, uh, like, leave to go get lunch, and we were a close campus at yeah. Memorial, and so. Oh, shit. Yeah, we were close campus, and we would still come back, and the teachers were, like, really cool with it, so. What um, was y'all's go-to food spot over there? Uh, Bill Miller's, for sure. Um, Which one the one in Culebra? Culebra. Um, and then we would also, sometimes we would go to Sonic. Oh, okay. Um, sometimes Peter Piper's because it was on General McMullen. McMullen. Right there by Boyle Local? Yeah, but if we had to go there, we would order it. Like, we'd go to the restroom or something and just call it in. And then one of us would go pick it up. Well, pretty much me because I was the only one who had the yeah, car. Yeah, you only had the car. So I would go or some of my friends would go too. But it was, uh, Memorial was fun. I miss, I miss, actually the most thing I miss from high school was playing like football. Just because yeah. of the adrenaline and just the band playing and. Um, you know, you know, I've probably seen you play because I remember Burbank. I think it was that year. Yeah, it was that year. Burbank had no, but you say 2010, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Burbank had played um, Memorial on TV. Yeah, it was like Thursday. It was like the one of it the first Thursdays. Thursday night lights. Yeah, oh shit, dude! It's a small but, fucking world, man. But uh, we didn't. Uh, we didn't. Um, what do you call it? Damn, I forgot what I was gonna say. Talking about football. Oh yeah, talking about football. Um, man, I lost my train of thought, dude. Um, but speaking of Burbank, I think my friend, did you know Jacob Chato? He was played Burbank. Him and my friend Matt. Jacob. Played football? Yeah. I think I have a picture. Hmm. Were they 2010 class as well? I think they were uh, 2011. 2011. Also, oh, they went to school with um, Shrek and... Um... You know, I didn't know who went who went to uh, Burbank for a while. Kenzie Rizm. I mean, yeah, I didn't know that either. I didn't know he to like later. That was Jacob. I think that was the Thursday. I think I know who he is. Um, uh, oh, that's against Jeff. I think that's the only picture I have from Burbank. But no, he played. played I don't know too many people from Burbank though, to be honest. Um, just them too. Yeah, I was only there my freshman year, but I mean, I knew a lot of people because I played basketball, ran track. Um, that's and then I moved to Lee. And Lee, Lee was fucking miserable. And I went to Roosevelt. Roosevelt was really fun because like, it was super diverse. Yeah. yeah, a lot of black people, a lot of Mexicans. And then, that know, that area itself, cause, um, also because you have like Fort Sam Houston. So you have yeah. a lot of military Military kids. brats. 
And then you have like an Asian community over there too, because there's like a lot of Korean barbecue over there. There is too. I don't know. So that's that's probably like the most diverse part of San Antonio. Yeah, it was it was really fun going to school there. Um, a lot of a lot of kids over there would be like, oh, it's ghetto or it's like it's hood. I'm like, no, it's not, dude. It's like, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's it's everything. Yeah. But I was like, but I was like, come come to where I grew up. Like like that's the hood right there. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of there's a lot of kids who like they're military brats. They live in like. The suburbs. I'm like, I have, I have they, friends who they, uh, they act like they they had a, a set. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> I'm like, get out of here, bro. Dude, I remember uh, I had some friends who used to live in the Glen. I think they still do. Oh, the Glen. The okay, Glen. the Glen's good. No, Glen I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but I would go over there and like, I mean, me coming from the West Side, I didn't see it as anything like, yeah, really, really that bad. And growing up there, like even now, like I feel comfortable walking. You know, I feel more comfortable like. In the hood, more so, because I lived in Alamo Heights, like, when I was 17, I moved in with my aunt and uncle. So I lived in the 07 zip code, probably near for 14, 15 years, and then moved around the Northeast, and then I was at Alamo Heights. I felt so uncomfortable there, dude, like, yeah. seeing so many white people, and then, like, I didn't have a car, so I would take the bus from Alamo Heights to SAC. Meanwhile, like, you had your homies driving, like, Lincolns and yeah, Mercedes bro, pulling this... out of the, the parking lot. And... Yeah, man, these kids had money. Like, their parents had money, dude. Like, my neighbor, he was, like, maybe three years younger than me. He already had a car, dude. He was, like, 16. I was like, man, what the fuck kind of bullshit is this, man? It kind of, it kind of puts you on the, to where, like, makes you want to work or, you know. Um, I know working at, I used to work at the hotel I'm at. Yeah. And kind of, that put, like, this wasn't even that long ago, like, three years ago, two years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And kind of made me, like. Seeing that type of lifestyle and people live like that um, kind of makes you want to just like work that much harder. Yeah, you know, and knowing your back, knowing your background, where you came from. Yeah, um, you know, stuff working at spots like that or being around people like that kind of puts things in perspective for you. Um, you, you were talking about um, you were talking about your family dynamic. Um, what was it like? Like, how many siblings did you have? Uh, so it was, I'm the oldest. I'm 27. Yeah. Um, and then I have my younger brother who's. 22 right now he just turned oh. 22 in september he's going to he's finishing his uh final year at ut oh nice and so i don't know if he's gonna live he wants to move back to san antonio because yeah. this is home for him so um so it's just me and him mainly growing up uh he kind of followed me you know he played football too so anything i did uh he pretty much did too um i know i was friends too and he'll you'll see him out too if you ever like um go see one of my sets he'll sometimes come down from austin and bring okay. all his friends um, but he went to Edison. He didn't go to Memorial. Oh, that's wow. When we were living. He, so where did you grad? What, what, what year did he graduate? Three years ago, maybe. I'm not too sure. He's 22, so he probably graduated 15, 2015. 2015, I want to say. So did he play? He just played football. Yeah, he played football and he ran track like me. Like mm-hmm. anything I did, and also played baseball too. So oh wow, he did. Uh, he did pretty much every like, kind of like. Because I know me some 15 and, kids. Um, I think it was Lorenzo. Lorenzo who? Yeah, he played ball too. He was a great. Uh, Underneath him, under oh, okay. Him yeah, because his dad Artie is a coach, and yeah. I hooped with other Artie. Uh, so there's big art. So it's weird. So there's this OG, and he's gonna be on the podcast. Everyone's begging for him to be on the podcast, and I'm gonna have him on. But his name's Ralph, and he coached at um, John Tobin, which is on West Martin. Yeah. Um, coached there for ten years. So he was the supervisor there. And then he moved to San Juan, where I hooped at, and Laser Cat. That yeah. I just discovered that Laser Cat hooped there too. Um, but Ralph's like an OG, so we call him the Hood Popovich. Like he's coached. Ralph, yeah. A- any anyone you could think of, his name's Ralph Rivera, and he he actually lives down the street from you. Like he right. lives right here on Texas. Where did he? Uh, oh yeah, that's not too far. That's back this way. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Ralph went to Tech. 
Um, a lot of his players went to Tech or Lanier because he had all the 07 zip code kids. He was at the Elizon for 10 years as well. Uh, so for 40 years, he's dealt for probably 50 years, he's dealt with Westside youth. So he's influenced every, like Big Art, the one that coaches at Edison. He coached him, or he's now he's at Jefferson. Uh, he coached him. Uh, he coached Little Artie. He coached Orlando Mendez Valdez, who played basketball at Lanier, and okay. now he plays basketball in Mexico. Damn, that's um, he coached me. He coached um, my brother-in-law, who's 30 years old. I, like When I first met my brother-in-law, he's like, hey, uh, I heard you're at San Juan a lot. And I was like, yeah. He's like, do you know Ralph? I'm like, yeah, how do you know Ralph? And um, I don't know if you know John Michael. He's another John Michael. He's a little short, light-complected guy. He's always at shows and stuff. He's real quiet. He's always by himself. He looks like Van Fleet. Uh, is that the one? His name's John Michael, too. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always wearing a hat, beard. Yes, yeah, dude. so... Uh, he looks just like Van <laughs> Fleet from the Raptors. <laughs> the Raptors. Yes, dude. And so him, Ralph coached him. Um, there's his other he guy. He went to Tech, right? Yeah, he went yeah, to Tech. I remember seeing him play ball. He was real quiet, too. He A lot of my friends went he to Tech. Shoot, he can shoot, dude. He can shoot, yeah. I hooped with him the other day, or a couple weeks ago. That motherfucker was like He's out. like my height too. I think he's a little shorter than me. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's pretty short and um he's another one I met him at I went to Sunday Dip. Yeah and him and his two homies and they went to school with my brother in law and they were looking at me. Did you just finish hooping? I was like, nah. I had just finished interviewing this um this rapper who owns a barbershop on the west side. And uh, that story ended up being on the front page, but I was interviewing him and I was like, It's it's hundred degrees outside, I'm just gonna wear athletic apparel. So I was like, nah, I'm, I'm, I just went to interview this guy or whatever. And they're like, oh, where'd you go to school? And they started interrogating. I was like, who the hell are these guys? And there yeah. was John Michael, this guy named Hardaway, and this guy named Falcon. And they were just talking. I was like, oh. I was like, I, I, remember, uh, I remember Falcon. He was like kind of dark, taper fate. Yeah, he coaches yeah. at TAP now. And mm-hmm. they were like interrogating me. And I was looking at him like, who the fuck are y'all? <laughs> uh, one of my best friends well not I wouldn't say best best friends but um, you know when when you play sports in high school especially SEISD mm-hmm. on West Side everyone knows anyone too everyone exactly knows everyone, dude. everyone so. knows everyone uh, my friend JD was like he was a short little point guard yeah JD, JD JD was coached by Ralph too yeah T. and JD um, he worked at San Juan when I was when Ralph had just got yeah. there so JD was who with us all the time JD Gino or if you know Gino yeah Gino he, Gino um, went from Tech to Burbank Burbank yeah but he couldn't playing. play he was playing baseball too. And oh, really? Right? Didn't Gino play baseball at Burbank? Uh, I don't know if they let him let him play because he had moved and mm-hmm. um, they're like not nah, same situation same as year. You. Like you have to sit out a whole year. You have to sit was, out a year. That's why I ended up staying. Like a, so he was right. a senior, but they were like interviewing me and I'm like, what the hell? Like who are you people? And I was like, yeah. what school do y'all go to? They're like tech. I was like, oh, well, what year? I was like, oh, do you, um, so y'all know Ralph then, right? They're like, you know Jack? I was like, yeah, I know Ralph. So, so so I called him right and they're like no so I call Ralph and Ralph answers and I was like hey do you know these guys I sent him a picture and he starts naming all of them he's like yeah and they're like and they were kind of buzzed and shit and they were like freaking out they're like oh my god so we like bonded after that like we, we you know we had the same coach and then I was like oh so y'all know my brother-in-law then if y'all know JD and they're, they're like who's your brother-in-law and then I told him my brother-in-law's name Ramses and they're like what and then I come <laughs> what to call him right and um who was it? I think it was Falcon. Falcon's like, he's like, no, no, it was John Michael. John Michael's like, if you if you call Ramses right now, I'm gonna cry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so I call my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law answers, and, I'm and like, Mike and y'all are. When is this? Like on a Sunday? This is like a Sunday, dude. It was like right before Sunday dip, dude. Yeah. Like right right as it's happening. It's like probably early evening, six, five. Yeah. And um, it was just super funny. I was like, I just met these dudes, and they're like, let let me buy you a shot. I was like, I don't drink. I was like, you buy me a Red Bull. 
They're like, all right, man. Dude, that's so cool because how um, it's just weird. People know each other so much, and especially playing sports. Um, so going back to the West Side, what's like your favorite like spot to eat at? Um, my favorite. If we're talking like Tex-Mex food, or okay, uh, so it's it's like uh, right before school. It's eight a.m. Like, where are you going at at eight a.m. nine a.m. for breakfast? Ooh, that's a good question. If I were to go to Lanier. Which I could have, but I didn't. I go to Linda's on Guadalupe. It's right across the street from the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. Uh, it's really good. Like it's, it's right by the elementary school too, right? Because like elementary school. Yeah, so like JT Breckenridge is right here. If you, yeah. not um, Brazos, but the street that's parallel to that. I always forget that street, but it's right there on the corner. Yeah, I've been. That's it's, it's that's... freaking good. That place is good. Um, the one that places it, I have beef with because everyone loves it, and everyone hypes it. Is um, Panchitos? Oh, off uh, it's right Commerce. There. Is it Commerce? No, there's one. Oh, there's another one. Um, Sasamora. 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 Right before you cross the tracks. And uh, growing up, I was always a Mirancho kid, and Mirancho is right there, like literally up the street, and it's like a two story spot. That's uh, the spot across from the lim- uh, the lumber. Right? Yes. Yeah, right by the uh, by the creek. I yeah. been there a couple times. It's kind of big. It was good, but um, there, um, shit. If we're talking um, like pastries, go to um, Cinderella off of Hamilton, okay. right by the Castiano Ports. Another good taco spot that I used to love was, or I still go every now and then, it's called Atotonico. It's off of Commerce. It used to be off of West Martin, but they moved it to um, Commerce. Commerce and what is it? It's Commerce and 19th, I think, 19th or 21st Street. Uh, one of those. It's like catty corner to a... Um, down Street from the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, Calderon is right down the Calderon, street. Calderon, yeah. I remember going. Because I went to Calderon, like, in the summer, and I played ball there. And, oh, for real? Like, yeah, I was always there. Like, that's my that's my favorite thing to do in the summer, too, as a kid, was going to Calderon. I met a lot of friends from, like, that's where I met most of my tech friends in Lanier. Mm-hmm. Friends were, because it was right dead center in between, too, so. Yeah, it's right there, dude. Um, like, uh, right there, up the street from Ghost Town neighborhood. Uh, what about your favorite spots? Uh, for doing breakfast, dude, um... Like, before school would start, um, I would go to Danny's or Roy's. Where's like, that at? Uh, North Highway 90. Um, they're two brothers. It's two restaurants. They're literally right next to each other. Um, it's right off Commerce. Yeah. I think, yeah, Commerce. and That's where it ends, right? Yeah, it's right where it ends. I think I've been starts. there because there's a lot of spots my dad would take me to, and I didn't know what it was. Because, yeah. like, that part of the west side where you're at, that's, like, far from, like, it's still the west side, but it's still, I'm on the other part of the west, like, closer to the <laughs> That's how I feel one. about that part of the west side. Yeah, is it's, I've, uh, I'm not familiar with a lot of places over there, but I would still go eat when I was going to Calderon, like, yeah. we would just stop there, but I would go there, and then I know you mentioned pastries, uh, there's to be this weather, I'm, I'm, they're still open, uh. Oh, what's it? It's off of uh, what's that street? San Martin. It's across from San Martin. What is the church? See what up? Oh, okay, well, yeah. yeah. Um, you're right. It's back where the flea market used to be, right? Yeah, dude. Uh, what's the name of the bakery, dude? I can't remember the bakery, but um, uh, every time I'm over there visiting my grandma, I usually stop there. Um, and then if we're talking like afternoon, yeah, I really, really. Yeah, because we wouldn't go. It was mainly just for breakfast. Yeah. Anytime and then, because no one, we never really like go out to eat. You just cook at the house. And so my grandmother, she was she was always cooking at home. So mainly for breakfast, we would just go there too. Did you ever go to um, Don Tones on West Martin? No, I, didn't I know it's on the other side, but everyone that went to like Tobin, that was a pizza spot. Like that was a fucking spot to go to, yeah. and it was like this Mexican family that owned it. 
and they would deliver sometimes too remember they would deliver all the way to like freaking uh, where i lived i live off of brady and sasamora so they would deliver over there i'm like damn they're coming a long <laughs> ways just for us yeah. but they knew uh, my family really well so they're like nah we'll, we'll deliver over there i'm like holy shit dude. And their pizza was good dude like every every basketball tournament or whatever you just go over there across the street and like buy a shit ton of pizza we didn't have we didn't really have a pizza spot I know after like all our games from like we would play like Little League or Quayar or we just ended up at the Peter Pipers right there on Jenny McMullen. How many see, parties have you gone to there? Dude, like <laughs> two minutes to count, man. Like, it's... I had my sixth birthday party there. <laughs> uh, I think my my eighth, no, not my eighth. My little sister's first birthday party was there. My mom, she would always make this joke to not jump, <laughs> not jump in the and did you? I don't know. I don't know if it was only my mom or like other parents would do it with the but, train. They would do that, and they would tell me not to jump in the in the ball pen because you were gonna get, you're gonna get stuck with a needle, like a drug needle. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the hell? I'm like probably like nine, eight, and hearing this. Like, yeah. Don't, don't jump in the balls. You're gonna get. With the, I think it was just something just so. I remember so, uh, yeah. next door. <laughs> I felt like a badass because I remember uh, my cousin's wife. I, she was really into Tupac, so whenever she would take me somewhere, she'd be bumping like Tupac, and. Um, so I was like, oh man, I fucked with Tupac. And I was like maybe eight or nine. And I remember at Paleres Paleres, they had a, a Tupac shirt there. <laughs> I was like, I want that. And then I remember they had um, G-Unit stuff there too. That's the one right here off of uh, like Commerce, right? Right, right, right by, by Burroughs. Yeah, right by the Peter Parvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right by there. Um, I don't know if it's still, I don't think it's open anymore. But I, I was like, holy shit, dude. Like that Tupac shirt was dope. It was like the ugliest Tupac shirt. Yeah. Like it wasn't even like cool, but I was a kid. I was like, I, I love Tupac, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the bootleg stuff is also like better than the original stuff too. Would would you go to any flea markets growing up? Uh yeah, we'd go sell at um, not the one with the the Ferris wheel. Yeah, the other the it was Mission. We'd go to Mission a lot. Oh um, yeah, me and my grandma. We'd wake up that's like at six. Of, um, Fortin. Yeah, Fortin Way the other. Yeah, um, it's open air, and we'd go there. It's like super and, long, right? Yeah, it's super long, dude. And um, I hadn't been there in a minute. Way me over either, the south side, dude, and uh. Me and my grandfather would go, and he'll sell like tools, and I would like, um, I forgot what I would sell. I would just sell like toys because I was probably like thirteen, twelve, okay, just making money. So his idea was like for, he was trying to teach me like how to like make money and sell yourself by myself. So, but anytime I would go, I would sell stuff, and then I would go and like I'll say, okay, I'll be back, and then I would end up buying more shit at the flea market <laughs> and coming back with like the same thing. My grandfather's like, it's all this mugrero, that's what, like yeah. Man, so it's a. Uh, and I would say my grandfather, like, was the one who kind of, like, instilled, like, working. I was um, going to say that right now, because, I mean, yeah. it kind of seems like that's where your hustle started. Yeah, I was there, cutting lawns. We'd, I would always cut lawns with him. He would, of course, he would go and drop the lawnmower off wherever we needed to go, and I would just be there. He was also a painter. He was kind of a handyman. Yeah. And so, um, I would go and do side jobs with him, paint, and then uh, my dad also, he would do flooring, so I was laying flooring. So, was that your dad's dad or your mom's dad? Uh, that was my mom's dad. Okay. And so my dad, uh, my dad's dad was living in Washington at the time. So I didn't have that side of the grandfather in my childhood life. So yeah, it was just my grandfather and then my dad. And so, um, yeah, I would, I mean, I still, I laid this floor with my father-in-law here. Um, Dude, this is nice. Yeah. So yeah, you're, he just moved in. He still hasn't fully moved in yet. And his house is really fucking beautiful. I appreciate you, man, coming over here too. Um, it's a I nice tried. neighborhood too. I was like, hell yeah! Like, I want to like, I only have to worry about locking my car. Dude, you'd be surprised. <laughs> my credit know? score just went up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's still Woodlawn. Um, I don't yeah. know. 
there's always this like debate we always have like is Willow on the west side or not and I was gonna say that dude, dude. I was only gonna say that cause um who was it I'm not gonna it's one of my old bosses I'm gonna say his name cause John Mike always fucks with me him and Edward Lasercat and they're like and then Isaac 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 says it's not and then Lasercat's like yeah it is and John Mike was like yeah it is so it's to me it's the part of the west side where it gets nicer it, yeah but it's still a hood cause I used to live off of Westminster mm-hmm. so right where St. Mary's is at there's a church St. Mary's University yeah and there's a street that literally runs into the church and I lived there for like maybe four years up until like maybe first grade and then we moved um to like Brady and Sasquatch area but I remember that era um it was, it was really chill like I remember we would go to um like literally all you ever needed was on Culebra like Dude, yeah, to be honest, because we had, had the HEB, the Mercado, and then yeah, Mercado Twenty um, Fourth Street, Popeyes Chicken. Uh, That's where yeah. I tried my first spicy sandwich. You had it there. Yeah, yeah I had it. Have you, have you tried it? I've okay. Look, check this out. So we were. I was at Midnight Swim last Sunday. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it was last Sunday, and that's when they had um, the whole Sasha Marie selection. You know, they had that high five uh, vibe, mm-hmm. and so it was. It was a good turnout too. But um, where I was running speakers that day. Yeah. And, um, you know, me, like, running, I just kind of, like, keep an eye on, make sure, like, you know, it's not peaking or whatnot, make sure the speaker sounds good. So, me and Marcus was there, and I had a friend meeting me up um, there later, and he was like, hey, like, I used to have midnight swim, this is, like, around maybe 6, 7 o'clock. Yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, he was like, well, I'm in line. I was like, what are you in line for? And I was like, well, I'm in line for chicken sandwich. I was like, bro, just get over here. And so, he ended up coming, man, and, like, he walked in, and um, he walked in empty, and, uh. He walked in empty-handed, and uh, so I'm talking to Marcus, right? And he's like, "Hey, you're hungry." So this fool, uh, shout out my boy Justin, uh, goes by Doty. He's a, he's a DJ too. Yeah. Um, he put out a chicken sandwich. <laughs> like, no, what the fuck's this? Like, and then I could see like Marcus, because Marcus, I think, like for the past few hours, like he's like, "Dog, I'm hungry. I'm hungry." And I was like, "Damn, like boy, like Burger Boy's right there, like you know." Um, but so then I, I looked at Marcus. I was like, yo, you want a piece? Like, and he was about to say yes. And then my, my homeboy Justin put out another chicken sandwich, bro. And yeah, so he was always, and then uh, he was over here bringing uh, chicken sandwiches to the club. Man. So that's the first time I had Popeyes. Dude, too. that's wild. Um, really? Yeah. Like, I never had the chicken sandwich. Oh, okay. Then you meant Popeyes in general. No, I had Popeyes before. The two piece Tuesday, of yeah. course. As, I wouldn't say my shit, but like every now and then, like, yeah. it's, you know, I'll crave it. But. I hadn't had the chicken sandwich in, like, for sure, like, a 10 out of 10, like... Dude, the spicy one. I tried the mild one. My best friend, Vanessa, yeah. and I... Shout out, Vanessa. We went, and the spicy one was a billion times better. That mild one is awful. I was like, what is this? Yeah. And the spicy one... The spicy like, one hits, and oh that's God. the one I had, too, and it was... It's the right amount, and so... Five stars. Oh, yeah, for sure. Five I stars. remember trying it, because I looked at it, and I'm like, this won't fill me up. Like, I was like, these two sandwiches won't fill me up. But they sure did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I even gave half to uh, Alex Alejandro, the bartender, because I was like already full. Yeah, yeah. I was like, and she ended up like finishing it for me. <laughs> but nah, he uh, he brought it to the club, so that was like probably like most clutch thing I ever like had anyone do for me. Was, yeah, you know, and I didn't even ask him; he just like came through. Dude, that's funny. Um, so, what's one of your favorite, either like monuments or like when you're on the west side and you just see it? It's like, oh man, I like looking at that. Uh, the uh, the painting on the Quail Park, okay, um, and it's been there since I was a kid. Like, and um, I used to always hoop at Quail Park because I would walk. Um, I used to live close, right across in that neighborhood, across from Ren Middle School, kind of yeah. like Acme. 
um, or by the old like uh, alternative school. I don't think it's alternative anymore. That neighborhood. Yeah. So I would either ride my bike to down Old Highway ninety, or I would just walk. And I would usually go there with my friend Kevin most of the time, and we'll play ball. Um, but on side of the Quera Park, it has like I think I even have a picture on my Instagram, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Um, it's like a, it's in its it's been there since I was a kid. So um, I don't know. I always like enjoy seeing that too. Um, and I don't know if you remember, but at Quare Park, they used to have these sprite backwards. Let me see. What is that one? Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. But yeah, if you I just... know if when I go to Barrio, um, I take 90 and then I exit, I think, 36. Uh-huh. So I take 36 all the way. Yeah, it's right off 36. Yeah, and I always see it on my right-hand side. But that kind of always like that and then, oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's been there for a minute, dude. Um, it's so simple, but, like, mm-hmm. I get why it means so much to you. Yeah. Like, I, I totally and get I it. I was always playing ball on the right, you know, pickup games and stuff. Too, so, that, that's been there for, like, for a long time. What about you? Um, shoot, there's a lot. Because, like, we're in my hood, um, there's an art organization. It's a nonprofit one. It's called Sanato Culture Arts. And I taught a photography class there. And they've done 60 murals in like maybe 50 of them are in that neighborhood I actually took my graduation pictures in front of this one that says Educación uh-huh. and it's really fucking beautiful but one of my favorites is um, on San Juan Community Center um, it's like this guy in a headdress he's like super swole and his arms are like that and like you see like kids playing you see people working in the fields and stuff and it just says uh, it says San Juan's uh, San Juan Brady Center and then it says Peace in the Barrio and I, I don't know just that alone uh, I think I didn't appreciate it until two years ago when I was writing a story on it my boss asked me he's like hey uh, I pitched the story to him he's like yeah. why don't you do it in first you know first person like as a first person narrative and I was like fuck I was like I don't really, I mean I've never done that before as a reporter but I'll, I'll, for sure I was like if that's what you want and you think it's going to be more powerful go for it and um, I pretty much started the story talking about you know and I, I even titled it Peace in the Body because I mean that's what it, that place was like a safe haven for me uh-huh. and safe haven for a lot of people like um, Sammy uh, Frank he goes by Solus King on Twitter um, oh I know Solus King yeah, yeah. To Frank so we used to hoop there when we were younger I've been going there since 01 they started going there probably like 08 09 where's this at you said uh, off of Calaveras and Brady so there's this elementary school called Storm Elementary it's right behind it and if um if you want another point of direction, um, the San Juan Square apartments. Yeah, it's like okay. right, right in between Storm and the San Juan Squares. It's right there. Uh, but that's where I volunteer. I've been a volunteer there since 2010, since my mother passed away. So um, that that piece alone, and then other like the walls at the handball courts off of um, Laredo and Sasamora. See the OGs play there. Yeah. Um, that that's another. That's monument. that's an old part of, of San Antonio to that area too. I know there's families there that like live there, like their grandparents live there and their grandparents live there. Cause the only way I know is because I had friends who I met when I was going to Calderon. Yeah. And so like we would most well, sometimes um, I would spend the night at their house, like cause it was in the summer. Yeah. All the, all the times I went, I think I was like probably I was in fourth grade, I think, and I went all the way up until like eighth grade. And I mean. Uh, I think my freshman year, because yeah. I think once you were a certain age, you had to go to the teen center. Was that Christ the King? 
just down the street. Christ the King, my yeah, aunt dude. lived across the street. She yeah. lived on Morales. Oh, dude, that was, I know we would, I was always walk those. Uh, Did you ever hoop at the? Yes, bro. Uh, we would hoop and then <laughs> we, 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 they would lower it. <laughs> yeah, they would all. They I would bad. dunk on that all the time <laughs> as a kid. And um, we would go. I there. probably hooped with you. I, maybe dude, I wouldn't be surprised. <clears throat> a lot of West High kids like growing up, and you end up like, yo, we're in the same area as yeah. as your kids. But yeah, um, I had this one friend named Roland. Um, he went to Fox Tech, I think, or he went to Fox Tech and then went to Jeff. But me and him, we were all into like, because before I was even like really good at football. Um, yeah. I was I was actually a hooper, dude. I used to watch like I want to mix tapes. Yeah. Um, I think I have the ball here somewhere. Let me see. No, it's probably in the garage. Yeah. But I was uh, when they would come, I would go and see them at the AT and T Center, man. And, um, I would go buy like all the volumes, and um, they were selling them at Champs, and so anytime one came out, I was like, that was my dude. thing, dude. Playing street hoops, and uh, I was a hooper, man. So. Me and my friend Roland, we were always doing those. Uh, do you remember the three uh, round ball ruckus in the street? They it was like at the eighteen no uh, Alamo Dome. They would do those, and then I used to so have like those. A, yeah, three on three tournaments. Three on three tournaments, yeah. and then there was a the thing to have was like those Spurs drug free league shirts. Hell yeah, I you had, cut them. You cut them, dude, all yes. the way down to where. Uh, <laughs> and then you you uh, you would double your shorts too, man. It was funny. It was a good oh time. Oh my god, were, doubling the shorts, dude. The oh. street hoops or the street dreams, I think, or. I can't remember. I know exactly what you're talking about. But that was, uh, I have a collection of those Spurs drug free shirts, man, somewhere. But I only have one, and it's, um, it's burgundy. It's number five. Yeah. And it was one of the first times that I got stuck with five because I used to be the smallest kid, and then uh, there was a certain point in middle school where. The smaller was, the numbers, the smaller the shirt was. Yeah, so I always wanted number three because I loved Iverson, dude. Of course. Iverson. Would you always wear wristbands to school? Or like yeah, so I would buy finger sleeves from the Pulte flea market. Yeah. Oh, dude, those are sweet. Those are, yeah, you would pull up and why are these kids wearing sweatpants? They would make fun of me in middle school. I remember my 14th birthday, I pulled up, uh, they would know me as a kid with um, b- basketball cards in his binder. Oh, shit. Because I, I used to collect basketball cards. Mm-hmm. And I actually found my Tony Parker card from his first All-Star game and as his piece of his jersey. Oh, yeah. um, so now that he's retired, it's worth more. And um, everybody, oh, yeah, that's badass. Yeah, he just As retired yesterday. Yeah, so or his jersey retired, and I remember they would make fun of me. They're like, "Oh, look, this is the guy." Not make fun of me, but they're like, "Oh, that's Jose. He collects like basketball and baseball and football cards." Mm-hmm. Or um, I remember in high school, they're like, "Remember you wore an NBA headband?" Because <laughs> of Ron- I would wear it because of Rondo. Oh, Rondo would wear it, yeah, he would wear yeah. it upside down. Uh-huh. So I'd wear mine upside down. Just I like gonna him. say like Ron Artest. Ron Artest. <laughs> oh hell no, dude. Uh, was it the palace, the brawl at the palace? Oh my, malice at the palace. Malice at the palace, dude. Did you do you watch that live? I remember oh, watching. It. I I didn't watch it live. I remember being at my tia's, and um, I had just got there because my dad lived there. Whenever my parents divorced, and I would visit him every other weekend, and I remember being there. And my older cousin, he had ESPN on, and um, they had just got direct TV. I remember too because um, they had the remote was all brand new and shit. And I remember it was on Sports Center, and I was like the hell happened like what the fuck it's it's like you wouldn't think because you see these nba players and like once they start going to the bleachers like imagine if that happens now like, oh hell you get no, hit dude. with all this type of money like, i know fine. man i'm like hey punch me dog yeah. like i remember the closest <laughs> i ever <Punch> got <laughs> i remember the closest i ever got um i remember it was 2010 it was 2010 um i took my friend to go watch the mavericks play and then her sister's like hey since you took my sister to a game i'm gonna take you and my sister to a game so she yeah. took us to the lakers game we were. It was the closest I've ever been as a, as a fan. I was on the ninth row. We were by the Lakers tunnel, and uh, my friend's sister was wearing her Kobe shirt, 
and um, I had my, I think it was my Duncan jersey or my Parker jersey, one of those. And it was in December. It was like December 28th, 29th. And the Spurs fucking like destroyed the Lakers. And this is the defending champ Lakers. Yeah. And George Hill and Kobe got into it and like they gave um, them both a technical. So Kobe was walking to the bench and the Spurs were up by like 17. I was like, sit your ass on the bench. Look at the scoreboard. And I, I kid you not, I'm not even exaggerating. Kobe stopped in his tracks and he like stared into the crowd. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I pointed at my friend. Bro. I was like, it was her. <laughs> just took me. Kobe, man. I was I like, Kobe punked me out, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, You're not even saying anything. He didn't right? even say anything. He just, he just, just gave me that stare. Like, motherfucker, don't tell me. I'm going to drop 50 on y'all. <laughs> it, uh, it's funny how, like, when players are, like, out of their prime. Not so much out of their prime, but, like, because as a kid, I hated Kobe, man. I, I, hated, I hated Kobe. I hated, I hated Kobe. I hated Dirk. And then... I probably didn't... I probably hated Dirk the most. Cause, but it wasn't until... Like, and it's crazy. It's like... Why did we hate Dirk? Dirk was like such a nice guy. He's such nice, yeah. Man. And it was he's funny. Like, we just hated him because he played for the Mavericks. Like, and no one liked him. I think it's because it's Mark Cuban. If Mark Cuban wasn't an asshole, I think. Um, yeah, he was talking shit about the, <laughs> the river walk. Uh, dude, that series broke my heart in 06. I was in fifth grade. That, oh, that's when they had uh, Josh Howard, uh, right? Yeah, we yeah. had just took Michael Finley from them, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, dude, they were stacked, man. They were super. They were Devin stacked. Harris was a baby. Devin Harris, and he was yeah, like he was young. lighting up Tony Parker. And I was pissed because we were down 3-1. We came back, game seven. Ginobili hits a three. We go up yeah. by three. And then he fouls Dirk. He makes the layup. It's the free throw. And then it's tied. We lose in overtime. Dude, I, I remember like, that shit. Oh, my God. I was in fifth grade. I was like, why did Ginobili foul Dirk? Dude, Ginobili's a man. He's the one like, code, but he's, he's going to either make you or break you. Like, exactly. But it's like, I, I will risk it all for him, dude. Yeah, like, I agree. yeah for sure. Because he's always going to come through. Like. Even if he fucks up, like he'll make it up in either another season or another game. Another game. Um, I remember the most fuck up or the like. Actually, most redemption he had was when uh, he hit that three against OKC. Remember uh, the last time we won the championship? He was coming up up on the arch. Oh, remember? Um, and I think we were playing in OKC to the night, and then that's what sended us to the finals. And then of course, I think we beat Miami. I like that, but, dude. Uh, Tim Duncan too. He hit that um, that turnaround because it looked like Westbrook was gonna block him. What, what, what series was this? This was 14. It was yeah. game six. Because we beat them in six. Yeah. Because Ibaka was hurt the first two games. And then we won the first two. And then I think OKC... The year right before that, they, they fucking came back on us. And we were oh, up 2012. That was 2012. Yeah, 2012, dude. We were up 2-0. and 2-0 and, <laughs> and, and they won four straight, They won dude. four straight. I was like, what the fuck? This seems for real. Like, oh, my God. First time I ever heard of James Harden, too. Like, dude, my homie took... A, my homie Chris, he took me to game five. And yeah, because it came back here. Yeah, we were game yeah. five was here, and freaking um, James Harden, dude. No, it was game. Yeah, game five was here, and then we lost over there in game six because that's when the refs gave uh, Stephen Jackson a technical for no reason for taunting. All he did was stare at the bench. But I remember game five, we were catching up, and like, I think we were down by two, and then James Harden pulls up from like three feet behind the three, nails it, and I was like, I fucking hate that guy. I hate it. That's when the hate came. Oh man, I don't. I don't really like hate him no more, man. Like once he went to Houston, like yeah, he's, I, I he's liked cool. him. I like him. I like him in Houston. But imagine if OKC still had that team right now. Oh my god! Like they would. Do you think yeah, they get rid of Ibaka, keep freaking um, Harden, Harden, and then oh, you would have Adams too coming in. Dog, Adams is is a monster. I remember when I was working at the hotel, he asked for a toothbrush. Uh huh. Like 
Cause I, I used oh, to be shit. A, yeah, oh shit! Oh shit! Aquaman yeah. on steroids, dude. I used to be a bellman, and so I would see all these NBA players like come and come in. I heard Barkley stays there a lot. Barkley stayed there a lot, man. And I mean, I could talk about it now, but we would sign a waiver. We couldn't tweet about it. We couldn't take pictures. What? But your boy took a couple pictures with players and like, there you go. yeah. And then, but I remember uh, some coworkers like felt some type of way and like snitched me out. So. But I have I have pictures with like Lynn. Um, oh shit! Because he stayed uh, Brooklyn when he was in Brooklyn. They stayed there, and so um, <laughs> Brooklyn. That's funny. I uh, I have a picture <laughs> with Jeremy Lynn, and uh, the funny thing is, I gave him my phone to take it. So and so I asked. So I was like, I didn't take it. That was my excuse because I wasn't the one holding it. I was yeah. Like, yeah. He he just texted it to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, he put it on his Instagram. I have a picture with him at the hotel, and then also um, Andrew Wiggins and Zach Levine. Zach oh Levine, shit! The one who won the dunk contest. Uh, that's. Do you think he should have won that one, the second one? Not the second one. The first one for sure, though. Right? Because yeah. I thought, like, what's his name? Like putting it under his under legs. his legs, bro. Oh, that yeah. was sick, dude. That was sick. Like the whole, he had his feet uh, parallel to the yeah, floor. Yeah, he, he was sitting on a chair in there, yeah. like ten feet in the air. It was ridiculous. Um, yeah, I thought he got robbed. And then I think uh, Abaka. No, was it Abaka? No, McGee got robbed. McGee got robbed when uh, Blake won. Remember yeah, when he jumped dude. over the hood of the car? I'm like, yo, that's like, like I'm like Blake six like, ten. Like he's supposed to do that. Like, do you on. remember when uh, Nate Robinson? Oh, he jumped over, he jumped uh, over Dwight. Dude, and those shoes that he wore, I've been trying to get them, man. They're like a grand or two grand. Like the damn the phone posits. They're green. The Nate Robinson. Oh, then he did the Soldier Boy dance. I remember. Yeah, and he had a yeah. I remember he was all young too. And he, I think he was. They were wearing. He was wearing like a green Boston jersey too. He was. Or Green New no, York. No, it was, it was Green New, New York. York. Yeah, because yeah, he was sure. still with the Knicks at the time. Still with the Knicks. That that boy's been like everywhere. I know. You know he has a show now. Like he he goes to players' houses and he just interviews them. Or he just goes to famous people's houses because he went to Rick Ross's house. Oh man. Um, yeah, he's he's really good. I'm, I'm glad like a lot of these players are transitioning to the media. Like Danny Green has his own podcast, which man, is really dope. That's cool. Well, that's the way it is now, man. Like people, I think people feel more connected um, if they're like feel just like us. Like if they're tweeting. Yeah, like you know, they're not they're not so much exclusive anymore. I feel like a lot of celebrities yeah. they're so easy to get a hold of. Like you could easily DM like a celebrity, and I'm pretty sure they'll see it or their manager will see it. And you know, but back then it was there was no like real connection to have like with these with these people. And so, um, I think it just goes to show like they're just as human as we are. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like the whole Drake thing, freaking um, like NBA players, like people get upset. Uh, like when I covered the Spurs, I was like yeah, like Ginobili was sweet to me. Um, Gasol was sweet to me when I interviewed him. He's like, oh, why? And people were like, nah, they're a dick. like when I try to take a picture of them, I'm like, like, but they're just trying to like enjoy like their day. Like, like why are you gonna bug them for? Like, why are you gonna be upset? Like, imagine being like someone that people are constantly asking for your autograph, constantly taking pictures for sure, asking you to sign something. Like, I remember we'd be at the Spurs facility over there off of Hebner. And we go to, like, interview them before the game um, so we can just get ready for the evening game. And there would be people, like, waiting outside the gate where the players leave. They know the players leave out of there, and they'll have, like, merchandise. I'm like, bro, like... Yeah, they wait all hours, too, because I would wait. see it at the hotel. Like, and for bro. some reason, they knew they were staying. And, I mean, that was one of the reasons we couldn't put it on Twitter. Yeah. But they would have a line of, like, people just signing That's merch wild, for dude. the players. Like, super... I don't, I don't understand it, dude. Like, I don't, I don't get... Like what you people get out of it, like you're gonna get a couple of likes, cool, but I'm like, yeah, like all the, the trouble end, you went for you that, went for that, yeah, it's not to me, it's not worth it. To me, a handshake or just saying what's up to like a celebrity, yeah. like just good enough for me now. Um, I know I have like albums I sign, and I think I'm like I haven't got anything signed recently, but um, unless it's someone who I really will like 
one and it's, yeah. I'm in the I'm in the area to do it. Like I'm not gonna go out of my way. To yeah, like, but like yeah. for you, like with Nas, like you paid money for that. Like, yeah, I, mean, I was gonna go see Nas in this show. Um, but that's not actually my favorite one that I got signed. Uh, he so has much. like hella albums. Uh, the Pharrell one. Oh like shit, one. dude! Uh, he signed it on stage too, which is really cool. And uh, I went to I think I want to go I want to go see him in Philly because the Roots did something called Roots Picnic. Yeah. And so I was. Uh, was that recently? Mm, like three years ago. Because I saw they they have one every year. Yeah, they have one every year. It was the year Solange was there. Oh shit. Um, also Scott Storch was there too, which is really tight. Um, Pharrell of course was a headline, but then Pusha T came. Um, and then can't remember. I know Pharrell was like the main headliner though, and that's the only reason why I went, just because like Pharrell. Oh, for real? Yeah, Pharrell's my favorite like art. Any RD Pharrell. Yeah, like, I can tell you had. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite hats too, by the way. Dude, he has some nice mm-hmm. kicks. The um, the they're like white and like really colorful. Oh, Is it the one with the heart, the human made? Uh, I don't know. They have like nice little like messages on them. Yeah, I think it's those. I, I'm not really into his shoes anymore. Like, yeah, um, I'm more of because he's with Adidas. I'm more of like a Nike. Me like, too. I'm I a love, Nike guy. Yeah, I'm a Nike guy. Um, but his 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 BBC um stuff was cool when he was doing that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's still doing it, but. I mean, I've always, I've always been like on his music for, for the most part. Um, but is there anything like I do would want to get signed? Like, of course, it never happened, but I would want Blonde, like Frank Ocean sign um, album that, or like Kanye graduation because graduation is probably like one of my favorite Kanye albums. That was the first CD I ever mm-hmm. bought. Like first CD I bought, like when I started collecting them. Oh, yeah. um, what was the first? You know, I always ask people this, and I forgot to ask you, and I'm glad you kind of brought that up. Um, what's the first? Music project you ever bought? And what was the first hip hop project you ever bought? Uh, the first CD I ever bought was Nelly Country Grammar. From, oh shit! Yeah, from okay. Walmart. Um, and at Walmart they're all edited. Yeah. And I didn't know till like because I still had it. Um, I'm not sure if I have it next. It's all the sound effects where it's like, dude, uh... <laughs> dude no, yeah. Uh, it wasn't recently. Like, I mean, not recently, but maybe like four or five years. I found the same CD. Um, when I think I was moving all the way to Helotus. Yeah. And, uh, so I put it in. I was like, "Oh, this is edited," and I was like, "Oh," and I remember I had got it from Walmart. Dude, um, dude having the having the red Sony Walkman, having that. I think I even had. Uh, you remember K Seven? K Seven. They used to be like, uh, they used to make like. Um, look up K Seven. K Seven. That was another CD I got hand down from my mom. Boom de boom de boom boom de le 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 boom like some old like ninety like. Oh yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah. And to another picture yeah, of the Um I had I had like random shit too like handed down to me, but country grammar. Like, John Michael made fun of me because I told him on his episode I was like first he ever bought was Bahaman. Dude, I think that was like our age, like one of the first, like a lot of our first too, or like I mean I think I had a Bahaman CD, but there was like it was whatever you saw on TV, Aaron Carter. Yeah. Aaron Carter was popping. I even had Britney Spears too. Well, Britney yeah. Spears' first album. Britney um, Spears. Um, I would steal my sister's um, NSYNC album. I would listen to it. Yeah, dude, that shit went hard, dude. Like, I had a, I had Millennium too. Backstreet Boys. Um, oh man, but I haven't I haven't bought CDs in a while. I have my CD collection. Oh shit, yeah. Um, it's I'm it's mainly hip hop though, because that's like I'll be there someday. Um, but I haven't bought anything like recently. Um, I'm starting... I bought UGK's first album on cd and the sun burned the the plastic so it, it's all bent oh, so shit. i gotta buy a new case for it so i'm probably gonna buy a used one and then just put the brand new one in there i would get online from uh, cd exchange, CD exchange. hebner 
Hebner. Hebner and Bandera. Yes, friend, that's where I bought Pretty Girls Love Trap Music, Like Trap Music, Two Chains, To, to, to yeah. Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick, and I forgot the third album that I bought from there. My friend Kevin would run that store and he would hook me up all the time. So Dude, I was like, ass. I would go there, but now I don't really have a CD spot no more. Yeah. Um, when I used to go to SAC, I used to go across the street to Hogwarts. Hogwarts. And yeah. I remember when, uh, one of my few memories too is when um, Travis Scott first dropped Rodeo. Yeah. Um, I went, I told the teacher if I could, because I called them like on, um, I think in between classes and they said, oh, they got it. So I went over um, like during like, uh, I think one uh, between my breaks and this is literally right across the street. So, yeah. Um, I went there and fucking got Travis Scott Rodeo. That was pretty cool. Dude, that's sick. Um, I would, that was like one of the first spots I started like actually vinyl like shopping or digging to yeah. for records. Um, I've probably been doing that since like 08, mm-hmm. 09, but. Um, Dude, that's sick. I started getting into records like, yeah, around 08, but I remember um, as a kid, I went to the daycare uh-huh. off Acme. It was called Bethel. It was a Baptist daycare and it was right, right in the corner. I I don't know if my mom no. And my mom all, was at a daycare in the early two thousands. I don't know which one it was. And man. I was like one of the few like Hispanic kids there because nothing was like black black kids. Oh no! And no all no. the teachers were black. Oh, the one I went there it was like the, everyone um, spoke Spanish and shit. And there was there was a few little like Hispanics there too, but it was just black Hispanic mainly. Yeah. But just mainly black. But uh, and I would go there like right after school. Yeah. Or I would go there like because this is like elementary, like third grade, second grade, and or they would pick you up from uh from elementary and you would just hang out there. Oh, and nice. then during the summer, you would go there, too, and you spend all day. Well, like, they had stations. You know, you would have, like, your lunch, and then you would go to, like, PE. Yeah. Um, then you go to art. Well, they had a music station, man, and that's when the first time, I think, I was, like, in second or third grade where I seen a record player. Wow. And so uh, a lot of the stuff they had there were donated records, uh, 45s, 12 inches, and I was like, this is me, second grade, like, what the hell? And so yeah. I got fascinated by, like... Um, putting records on and a lot of those records like I remember some of the music and it was just a bunch of like disco and soul records wow and so that's like disco is actually my favorite genre of music really yeah dude I love uh, I love disco like, um, so I have like so well, even I mean now, I could tell like in your sets like you could tell yeah. it's influenced by that um, yeah I, I try to it's hard to do it on the weekend set but like on Thursdays like you could actually like hear like a lot of like the disco stuff I play sometimes yeah sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but I mean you just have to uh, tour mm-hmm. the crowd yeah experiment you know um and not be afraid to like play anything you know because yeah. you be, be real confident in what you play and you know and if it doesn't work you got to follow it up with something that's like gonna work too nice <clears throat> um so talking about disco disco's um one of your favorite genres yeah dude. Um, is there a favorite album of yours um i have a lot of like with disco it's a lot of like so much of sound it's not like so much albums uh but the saturday night fever soundtrack is like if you want to get like a bunch of just good ass disco tracks like Saturday Night Fever is like probably top five favorite like um movie album for me oh nice just cause like movies I love like watching movies too I, I have a lot good DVD DVD Blu-ray collection uh huh but um when I watch a movie I also like half of it depends on like the music soundtrack to me too if, like how the sound the score sounds uh, like what about you do you have any like favorite um movies that like you knew that like yo the soundtrack is like freaking like Dude, that's Crazy. a great question. Because um, I know there's always good movies, but sometimes the soundtrack isn't like yeah up to par. But it's okay because the movie's just as good to where, or there sometimes the movies kind of like end, eh, but the soundtrack makes like you know the movie. That's um, a that's actually good. Uh, that's a great question. Um, there's a movie. It's really good. Um, came out in 2016. It's an independent film. It's called The Land, and it's about these skaters, and they basically rob 
people for their cars and they sell them at chop shops. Right. They, they usually get like shitty cars and they're upset with them because they have to split like like a bill between mm-hmm. like four of them and shit. And yeah. the guy's like, get a better car and I'll get you more money. So they robbed this dude with the Challenger and it's like a really nice Challenger. Like brand, I guess it's like 2016, like brand new that year. And um, the dude has a gun and shit and like he's about to shoot one of the kids and they knock him out. Yeah. And they, they basically take it to the chop shop. And this is like, you know all, all about this through the trailer. Yeah, I'm going to watch this tonight. And they open the trunk, dude, and um, there's, like, pills. And it's basically them, like, selling it, and, like, they're trying to find those kids. Um, but the soundtrack was done by Nas. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah, so you definitely have to watch it. Yeah, now. That's right. <laughs> your, boy, your boy Nas. Uh, uh, 2016, damn. It's... Yeah, The Land, dude. Um, and it was... Actually, MGK displayed how great of an actor that he is. Don't um, look. Uh, Erica Badu's in there, too. The yeah. Music. Moises Aries from uh, Hannah Montana's in there. Machine Gun Kelly, what the hell? Yeah, dude. Machine... Why have I not? Because it, it's it's based in Cleveland, and MGK's from Cleveland, yeah. I believe. Um, but it, it was a great soundtrack, uh, for sure. There's another movie that came out that year. Um, it's called The Fits. It's another indie film. I got super into indie. I don't want to sound like one of those freaking snobs, but nah, man. Like sometimes, like indie films are like the way they're shot too are really cool. Yeah, dude. <coughs> are you like big on the A twenty four like movie? The what is that? A twenty four is a that um, film. They're the ones that make a lot of those indie indie movie films. Oh yeah, I see their logo a lot. Um, I used to see them at Draft House a lot. Yeah, a lot of their movies are at Draft House too. Like or they're they're usually out for like two days and then they're like yeah they're not like Moonlight was one of my favorite movies Um, and then I I was happy it got like the like the the like the mainstream love that it did because people (coughs) people were upset about like it winning over La La Land I was like I saw both I thought they were both great uh, Moonlight was good I saw Moonlight yeah Yeah, that was a really good movie Uh, there's another movie called I'm Not Your Negro with. it's about James Baldwin. That one's really good, was and it was one. crazy. It was such a good movie because it's based off of James Baldwin, who's like one of the most brilliant people in our time. Um, Samuel Jackson <laughs> narrated the whole thing in his oh, voice, shit, and I was freaking out. I didn't know until the end. Um, I was watching it, and then it's like narrated by Samuel Jackson. I was like, "Wait, what the fuck?" Because he sounded almost exactly like James Baldwin. Yes, they deserve to hide. Yeah, they burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, shoot. Speaking of him, I met him. He was probably the most one I've like enjoyed meeting at the hotel. Really, Samuel Jackson. Yeah, and it was all it was just a handshake, and it was like, "Yeah, what's up, Sam? What's up, man?" Just and I held, I, I held the door open for him. Dude, that's dope. It was cool. I wish if there's anyone I could take a picture with at the hotel and not get in trouble or like take my because I already used all my mulligans yeah. on like taking pictures with uh, um, who was it? Uh, Jeremy Lin and yeah. Wiggins. So they told me like, you know, this is your last time. Next time we're gonna have to let you go, but. I really wished I would have used it on Samuel Jackson real quick. Damn. Yeah, but I was, I needed that job at the time. I mean, yeah. Yeah, dude. That's, we'll go back to the movies. You'll, you'll, you'll meet him one day. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, I, I'll really have to sit down and think about that one. Um, Did you like Drive? The soundtrack to Drive? Which one's that one? The one with uh, Ryan Gosling. Where, I haven't seen that movie. Dude, where he, uh, I have it here and you can borrow it. Like, I have I have it on like honestly I have it on Blu-ray DVD Jesus. like at least copies man just because anytime I see it like I'll buy it just because like it's so good and then um, would you go on a Tuesday night at Walmart to all the bins oh yeah. for sure dude my, my got, cousin and I would do that I've I've gone like good 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 ass movies what's the the one with Justin Timberlake and uh, 
is it Pfeiffer? What's the name? Chef Pfeiffer? No. Um, where they have the barcodes and they they got to work for time. Oh, um, it's called in time. Actually, I know exactly. Yeah, um, I've got that in the dollar bin too, or the two dollar. And I, it was something like I've, I had never heard about this movie. Yeah. And then um, the first time I saw it was in the bin. I was like Justin Timberlake, what the hell? Yeah. And Justin Timberlake's not a bad actor. Yeah. At all. And so I saw it and I was like, yo, and it ended up being like a really good movie too. I remember um, he did Alpha Dog too, which is really Alpha like, Dog. Alpha that's Dog. the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. That one came out like what oh six oh seven. Came out a while, yeah, because I was in high school, yeah, 06. Yeah, I, re- I remember that movie. Um, he was it? a gangster, and he had a, he had a, <laughs> yeah. a, a chest hat. I remember that movie. Uh, what was that movie? Oh, it's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it. I got it from the dollar bin at Pineapple Express. <laughs> oh, dude, that movie's like... That movie's so To this funny. day, um, that one in Superbad kind of set the... It changed, like, the standard of how humor yeah. could, could be and how, like... Um, how open and unedited, like, you know what I mean? It could be as a movie and a humor <laughs> movie. And, I don't know. One of my favorite lines from that movie is when um, Seth Rogen and James Franco walk in the front and Danny McBride's like, who is this? And then, like, he opens it. He's like, you got some drugs? And then he's like, what up, players? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get a motherfucking scholarship. <laughs> and every time I say that, like, nobody gets it. <laughs> I'm like, a motherfucking scholarship. scholarship. <laughs> he has a big-ass medicine ball. Yeah. He's like one of my favorite funny people ever. I actually, I have a sticker of him. He's bonding down. He's bonding. Dude, I liked him inside uh, 30 Minutes or Less. You he was in that? Yeah, he was in 30 Minutes or Less with Jesse, Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, Eisenberg. that's right. He is in there. And then he was like, how would you like to polish his scepter? Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then... Like, you ever seen Hot Rod? Yeah, I seen it, but not to not to where I remember it. Like, oh, dude. That was one of my favorite movies. I remember 30 Minutes or Less is like one of my favorite... like. Movie Isn't um, Pena in there too? Who's that? Michael Pena? Michael Pena? No. There's like some Hispanic dude in there. It's really funny. I could have swore. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is. He's like, he just shot me in the head. Shot me in the neck with a goddamn knot. Or he got <laughs> shot with a pen gun. I think, I th- yeah. It's I th- in that one, right? I, it- I believe so. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it. It's been like 10 years. Because I remember I saw it at my tia's. We have DirecTV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah DirecTV's all dead. I'm over here doing an ad for them. <laughs> no, dude. dude, honestly, uh, I didn't have cable till moving here. Like, growing really? up, I've never had cable. Like, uh, I had hot cable in fifth grade. And then our neighbors found out when I was in sixth grade. They, they snitched took it on away. You? They snitched on us. Oh, uh, shit, dude. Like, yeah, all my all my life, I never had cable. Wow. Ever, ever. Um, so anytime, like, I would watch TV was 29, 35. Yeah. Spurs, they would, I would have to see them. If they played on uh, 35, WB, or was it Channel 7? Um, I would watch PBS a lot. PBS was tired, man. Zoom, remember Zoom? Yeah. Zoom, Zoom, um, Zoom. All those snacks I would make. I would be making a mess too. My grandma would get all pissed <laughs> at me because it would be in the kitchen. Uh, what else? What Caillou, else was there? Cool? Freaking um, Zabumafu. Zabumafu. That shit went hard. Uh, my grandmother had cable. Uh, but I didn't live with my grandmother, um, so she would pick me up from school. So the only time I could watch cable was from when I got to pick up from school from yeah. like three thirty to about five thirty and six, and then that's when uh, one hundred six in Park was like kind of cool. I was like yeah. in fourth grade watching it uh, all the way up until maybe like eighth grade. Um, What's one of your favorite like music videos that debuted or? Ooh, uh, Let me hold you by Lil Brown, uh, Lil Bow Wow, and Amari. That was tight, and then that's when Pretty Ricky was popping too. Chingy Chingy, I remember seeing One Call Away. One Call Away was a pretty cool scene. I remember, um, what's that one song with Tyrese? Holding Me Back. 
Yeah. Every Tell time. You my life. I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> but my favorite song that debuted on there, um, I remember too, my mom and I were leaving to run errands. And uh, my Twitter, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Um, Little John, you know, just dropped a new song. Yeah. And uh, it was um, Snap Your Fingers. Oh, shit. I remember, I was like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want some some crunk juice smile crunk like uh, oh uh, Navalty has a Lil John shirt too and it's funny as fuck it's like small I don't know if you've seen it um, mm-hmm. I was there the other day and I saw it and I was like I kind of want this but it, I know it's not it could be like a crop top yeah but it's so fucking cool it could be like Dak dude or not Dak uh, what's his name Ziggy Elliott Ziggy Elliott for sure right <laughs> rock the crop top trucker hat crop top man now I'm gonna look real redneck for sure <laughs> yeah. some of my shirts I do cut Cause, just because it's hot and or, or they'll be like really long yeah so I ended up just cutting them anyways but um dude that's funny how many pairs of shoes do you have there's like a lot of shoes right here I thought I had a lot of shoes mm, damn I, ne- I haven't counted and I have some more right here I know I like, saw that holy shit those, that's all my vintage like shoes but um that's pretty much where I got most of my following dude um I mean people see it now is like it's not it's not as cool as it used to be back then cause yeah there wasn't too many people who just bought shoes. Um, yeah, that's true. So when I, I was like, uh, I started getting a fetish for buying like sneakers like in eighth grade. Yeah. Once, once I started getting a job, so I started working at Six Flags, I was like, man, I want these. And I, I blame, I kind of blame like uh, like Kanye maybe too. Yeah. Just always seen like being seen fashion and seeing what they're wearing. And I was always like into that type of shit. So. Um, I started buying shoes, and then... What was your course, favorite pair of shoes that you had as a kid that was like, holy shit, like, I got this? Uh, damn. That's, there's been a couple, and I still have some of them. Probably my Jordan Raptor 7s. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have, like, maybe one pair of Jordans in this room. Like, I don't really fuck with Jordan shoes, just because um, when I was going to college, like, wearing Jordans on campus was like, it sucks. So I sold all of them, and I just kept one pair of Jordans. But, um, I don't know. I've always been Air Max, like, Air Max oh, nice. guy. So I... I mess with Air Max and Asics or anything that's pretty much comfortable. Asics are nice. Um, I've been wanting to get a, a pair of Bowfins. Yeah. I think they're so nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where yeah, you check Kith. What's that? Do you shop at Kith? Uh, no. it's, okay, there's, there's, there's one designer named Ronnie Fieg. He's based out of New York. And I met him once and he signed one of my shoes. But Oh, nice. He, uh, he used to work in Brooklyn and he kind of launched... A lot of like Asics, uh, casual lifestyle type shoes. Yeah, and uh, he made his own like brand, which is now Kith. But like a lot of his like collabs he does are with Asics. Uh huh. And that's when he first got his style. Now like he does stuff with Adidas, Nike, clothing champion out of Kith, which is based Damn. in U- in New York. And uh, he's he was like, what's funny is because I seen him like pop up, and I have like some of those Asics boxes. Those are all his shoes. Yeah. And he signed one of them um, that are worth pretty much like money. So if I ever need cash, I'll just like sell a pair of those Asics. But I probably would never sell them. Yeah. Um, but no, man, it's uh, collecting shoes is kind of like any anything else. Like uh, back then, it used to be like a hobby. So you would meet other collectors. Um, and with the help of, I remember mentioned Sneaks Up. Mm-hmm. It was a show that we did. Oh, I didn't hop on to maybe like the third or fourth one, probably like 08. Yeah. Um, but basically, it was it happened on a Sunday, and it was once a year. Um, they started off at like a gym, and it was called SA Sneaks Up. And a lot of the guys that run it are still around. I still talk to them pretty pretty often. Nice. Um, but uh, it was basically one day, and it was just um, a bunch of people just come in, sell their shoes or display, 
and play hip hop DJs people would break dance and um, we would they would do those events I think the last three were at Cowboys Dance Hall so uh-huh. it was like a, it was a big ass thing and then I think somewhere at like Backstage Live when it was still Backstage Live oh right there on Cherry yeah on Cherry we had uh, an event we, I think they, there was like a year where it was like back to back one year but it was always once a year and uh, I think we stopped at 10 and um, it you met other people because people would come down from Houston, Dallas yeah. um, Ohio like I have friends like live in Ohio um, but back then like you would people you would know people out of states and I used to be on YouTube too and that's where I met a lot of my following too so wow. I have friends pretty much all over the US that I met through sneakers and it sounds pretty stupid but it's like when you're into hobby well someone else is in a hobby too just like DJing too the DJing world's not that big either yeah I mean if you're of course like that making like up there but like even in Texas like I know a lot of DJs here now that I met through internet and it's so. really cool seeing different communities like uh-huh. um, like I went to Comic Con I took one of my students to Comic Con from San Anto and we were there and you just saw like all these like comic book nerds and it was really cool like damn like they're like super passionate about they're this they're passionate and, like, about this and they're like they don't give a fuck like they're just like they're doing what they love and like they get to meet like their idols. I thought that was really dope. Like I didn't know like eighty percent of the people that were there. I was like, like the girl who voiced Ash was there. I was like, holy shit, that's the girl who voiced Ash. Like that's dope. Ash and, from uh, Pokemon. Pokemon, no way. Yeah, she was there, and uh, my student like wanted to meet her. And I was like, well, you want to interview her? And we had a chance to interview her. I don't know if she did because I had to leave early for work. But um, it was really cool. I ended up interviewing Rikishi from from uh, uh, for the Attitude Era. Yeah. And that's funny, man. I his, was geeking his, out for him. I was like, because I'm a huge wrestling his, dude. Like, his finishing moves fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're going to get a whole ass in your face. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, over, dude. It's over, man. But it, it was just really cool. And then, like, you see, like, the sneaker community. Like, I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, I always, I was always wanted to get into the community. Like, my cousin, who's a cop now, his name's David. Um, it was weird because one of my homies, Nate um, Ibada, he actually hooped at Tech, too. Nate, he, I probably know who he is. Too. He goes to Midnight a lot. Um, it's funny. He oh. drag races now. Like, he drag races cars. I haven't seen a picture, but I'm pretty sure I've known. Because back then, that's how I met JD, too. Yeah. JD, he's yeah, JD had a lot of shoes, too. JD had a lot of shoes. But back then, it was, like, it was unheard of. Like, now everyone has a lot of shoes, but it's, back then, yeah. it was, like, it was, it was, you just collect them for purposing, not to resell or anything like that. Yeah. So, you look at it now, it's, like, it's kind of, like, cringy now to just be, like, yo, I just collect shoes now. But, um, it actually opened the door and for meeting other friends and, um, like you said earlier, like you see people who are passionate about like what you do. And so you meet these other, you meet other people just like you yeah. or into the passion about the same stuff you are. So like now I have like, you know, I have friends in like Cleveland and then some Florida. And, so, and then I did YouTube too. And that's kind of like helped me get a following. And so when I was, when I DJed, it was just, it was easy. It was an easy transition for me just to DJ. Cause I kind of already, you had a known, following that. I had a following or I built something for myself too and through Sneaks Up so it wasn't hard for me to like totally start from nothing yeah. you know they just saw me as oh he collects shoes now he DJs like you know and I just ran with it that I way. seem like you're very grateful for that because no, you, you think it would have been a lot harder if you didn't have that following uh, or it, it would be it would be yeah it would be a lot harder because I see like a lot of other DJs start from just nothing because DJs just like oh well, I want to start I want to like to any future DJ out there like just don't um, don't quit you know just keep uh, I would say just um, keep at it because um, like with me I was fortunate enough to have a small following man and yeah. I mean you got to start somewhere honestly that's true dude I didn't I that's didn't true. say like oh, I'm gonna be a DJ like it's what I want to do I was just if you're passionate about what you do. 
people will see that and it's kind of like they'll gravitate towards you yeah and that's kind of like i feel like that's the same for me i'm sure other djs here in town would say that is a lot of them that dj here you know you could ask edward jm famous marcus um a lot of the ones who are down there um they're real passionate about what they do you know and what makes it cool is we're all kind of different you know Mm -hmm. it was it was funny because this past sunday we're all djing and we're gossiping like girls on each other because we're all (laughs) we all uh it was a it was we probably should have never like pulled up there together but we're all um djing or it was just me and laser for a minute but like we all have like a style that we like used to you know and it's you know we just find what what works for us and we're all like cutting on each other and like like little girls it was like it was a uh, it was funny man I kind of didn't want to jump on the tables no more but I'm not gonna let it. <laughs> um, um, yeah. it's cool that you um, gave that advice to any aspiring DJ um, yeah. it's a good segue I usually I always tell my guests like when we wrap up interviews um, tell them to talk your shit talk your shit is basically like you can like boast about something great that's happening or just whatever you want like you can rant whatever like uh-huh. you have the floor to talk your shit uh, I, I pretty much like I'm not like a shit talker myself unless like I'm provoked yeah like, if someone's gonna tell me like yo just talk mad shit uh, um, you know um, I can't do it like you know I have to have like yeah. someone has to provoke me to like yeah, say uh, something foul or what, what's great that's happening with you right now like um, take your victory lap man <laughs> honestly getting getting my own house man my own yeah. place um Growing up as a kid, you know, you was never fortunate enough. So um, right now, I'm like really grateful in the position I'm in to be able to like um, afford what I could do, you know, or buy, you know, get by. And mm-hmm. um, it it kind of takes you back because you started. I started from not having a whole lot to where I'm like fortunate enough to um, work for what I have right now. So if there's anyone in like if there's a kid going you know like my age i would tell them like you know it gets better you know if you're passionate find something you're passionate about and yeah stick with it pretty much do you think uh because you had that i know for for myself like when some good things happen and you have those victories it just means so much like to other people it's not a big deal but like for you it's a big deal no to me it's, it's definitely a big deal man djing um the biggest thing was playing at midnight swim yeah. you know john michael could have let someone else better than me but I think he saw that I was yeah um, I was real passionate about what I was doing and I still am man so it's and I I, you know with with John Michael um, I've learned that you can't settle Mm -hmm. like in in, uh, anything you do um, or you can't be content you know and it's always trying to be like what could I do better or how could I better myself and same with like DJing I'm sure like even with you uh, writing you know Mm -hmm. like you're not content with anything you're doing right now you know and it just <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a bar like pretty much no, bar, so, you, man. and so it's 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 uh it takes coaching too man and me playing sports taught me that too so it's um, you know you take that with you man it's like life lesson um where can we find you uh on social media yeah um my twitter is alex so uh a-l-e-c-s-o-u-l underscore i think it's two underscores because i got um I had to restart my Twitter because I got because <laughs> of that video where like you're like shifting lanes. No, that's uh, that's what they try to clown me for. Yeah, it like, wasn't you though, right? No, it was me. Oh, it was But you, that's okay. not why. Um, oh, okay, okay. It was because of a lot of like copyright like music when I would oh, post okay. my flyers. So now I don't even like use music sometimes, or I'll just like use instrumentals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my Twitter, and then um, the same for my Instagram is Alexo A O E C S O U L. Um, if you ever wanna. 
come to one of my DJ nights, you know, anyone's open, just let me know and I'll get you in, maybe get you a round of drinks or something, you know, because even now, like, I'm, I'm sure you see the weekend, there's so many people around me and like, I want to say hi to everyone in there, but at the same time, you like, gotta do working. your job, yeah. I got to do my job too, but when I first started, I was able to like, tell everyone what's up, man, but now it's, it's uh, so many people. So yeah, man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, man. No, I do. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. You have a beautiful home. Congrats on the house. Dude, thank you. So Congrats much. on all the successes that you have. And that wraps it up for episode 14. I was about to say 13. That's yeah. how like, I can't believe I'm at 14. Already. That wraps it up for episode 14, everybody. Love you guys. Stay brown.